Eagles Entertainment. Everything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right of the day. We've got a fun game to break down as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 432. At the top of today's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with Greg Cosell about what we saw from the tape from Sunday afternoon. So let's call it what it was. This was a fun victory over the New York Giants. The Eagles have not gotten a win up at MetLife Stadium like this in a long, long time, really ever uh, in that stadium. And just an outstanding breakdown uh, from Greg at the top of the show both sides of the football offense defense we'll get into it all with Mr. Cosell to start things off in chalk talk after that we will dive into this weekend's game against the Chicago Bears Justin Fields obviously uh, with what he's done over the last couple of months is really starting to catch some eyes so we'll break down Justin Fields and the rest of that Chicago Bears team see what the Eagles are going to see in week 15 as always make sure you head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating leave us a review Make sure you subscribe. Leave a question on there as well. If you've got a question about this team, that is the place to leave it. Head on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a question in the comment box, and we will answer it here in an upcoming show. We actually got a comment, a five-star review um, from MBN. E-B-O-M-A, who just said, uh, love the show, and wants to make sure we're not calling Devontae uh, Smith the Slim Reaper, because that is Kevin Durant's nickname, but he offers up a replacement, Devontae Six. I don't know if that's going to stick, but uh, do appreciate the five-star review. If you have a question about this team, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave it there in the comment box, and we will get to it here in an upcoming show. That said, let's get started here with Chalk Talk with Greg Cosell. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, Greg, let's get into it. As we, uh, we'll start on the offensive side of the football. The Eagles nearly put up a 50-burger uh, against the New York Giants. Just a uh, really fun game to break down. Uh, <laughs> offensively, the pass game, run game, everything working really, really well on Sunday against the Giants. They're good. Good okay. team. Okay, yeah. we're good. All right, we're going to go home now? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Shortest podcast ever. You know, I'll tell you what I thought was really interesting, particularly on the first series. It was very methodical. Very much so. You know, and I think what we're seeing with the Eagles, and we've touched upon this at times, Fran, over the last three, four weeks, as this team has clearly, you know, played really good football, particularly on offense, although we could say the same about defense, but we're talking offense now, is they're showing that they can move the ball and win many different ways on offense. Yeah. They can run the ball. They can throw the ball down the field, attack vertically, which they've been doing more and more of. They can be sustaining. They can be explosive. I mean, this is an offense that in many ways is, is giving you everything you would want, I think, as a coaching staff. To me, I, I look at it as uh, looking at even at the full, as the full team, right? right. And we, we talk a lot about complementary football. Well, you sure. and I have talked about this a lot uh, over the years in that um, you, know, you went one side supporting the other and vice versa. And I really feel like with this team, it might be the uh, best uh, encapsulation of complimentary football that I've seen here uh, with this franchise because you have an offense that comes out in this game. They start 4-4-4 four, four, four on third down. They go touchdown, touchdown, touchdown to start the game. Then you go defensively. Uh, they go 0-5 on third down. They shut the Giants out on third down in the first half. Force punt, punt, punt. Uh, you have three sacks right. in the first three drives. And just, again, everything feeding each other. The offense comes out in the second half. They had run for 61 yards in the first two quarters. 
quarters. They come out and they run for 65 yards, 67 yards on the first drive of the third quarter. And the defense now can pick up the pass rush and they can get after the quarterback. (laughs) And uh, everything just kind of helping each other. And to your point, for an offense that can say, okay, well, uh, you want to try and take away the deep ball? All right, well, we're going to go 14 plays, 84 yards, and we're going to dink and dunk. With the longest play being the opening play on that drive, the 13-yard pass to Calcaterra. Right. That was the longest play on the drive. Yeah. And so, and the, but then also, we're going to come back in the next two touchdowns, and we're going to go 30-plus <coughs> yard touchdowns down right. the field, right? So just having that ability to say, we can beat you any which way, whatever the game makes it out to be, that's the way we're going to try and beat you. Right. And, and uh, you know, and I think – it's funny you say it that way, but I also think there's there's a proactive element to that. They're yeah. not solely responding to the defense. Of course. They're saying, hey, we're going to do this. You're going to have to respond to us. Or we're going to see how you respond to what we're doing, and then we have something else that builds off of that. Mm-hmm. And and to me, that and maybe that's the way I learned offense through many coaches, but to me it's the expansion of offense. It's building off your staples because every team has staples because that's how you have to coach. You start in OTAs in the spring, you work through the summer, you get to training camp. Every team has things because you can't practice 200 things. Right. So you have staples that you practice and and it's all repetition. You'll hear, you hear coaches talk about that all the time, but then you build off that. Mm. And obviously then when you game plan, you're game planning based on what an opponent does from a probability and tendency standpoint, but everything fits into what you do as your sort of staples. And I think the Eagles have done a really, really good job of clearly having staples and building off that depending on the opponent and as the season has progressed. And they lay the bait so well with that. You know, there's how many times have we seen uh, just in the last couple months that touchdown with the uh, the reduced split with the over out going across the field, the AJ Brown touchdown uh, a couple weeks ago against against the Colts or the against the Texans, Quez Watkins on the well, uh, which was essentially a, a similar concept, just. Different people different, and different, different yeah. and one was against zone, and then the one against the Colts was against man. So the the Eagles didn't get a sudden change situation. It's a fourteen nothing ball game. You have AJ Brown lined up right. tight to the formation. He's running across the field like it's going to be an over route, and the safety cheats over, thinking, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna intersect this route. I'm gonna jump this throw. It's gonna be a, a, an interception going the other way." Corners thinking the same thing, except then AJ Brown puts his foot in the ground, breaks back opposite. It's an over and back route, and he's wide open. He just for killed a McLeod. Touchdown. Just killed McLeod. Well, and that's the thing too. I mean. The Giants, uh, you know, stuck in man coverage with uh, Nick McLeod on AJ Brown. That's right, not an ideal situation. But uh, again, just like he's still an NFL corner. He's been yeah. by, the, by the way, the Giants still have a winning record. And he's been starting at corner and playing in almost every package for them. So inside, you know outside, what? in the box, correct. Everywhere. So yeah. you know what? It still counts. Yeah, I think that. Um, you know, at the end of the day, what you said is spot on in terms of the change-ups that this team continues to throw at teams from a run game standpoint, from a pass game standpoint, mixing in the quarterback run element, the screen game, the RPO game. Um, and honestly, when we're talking screen and RPOs, that has been such a, uh, a hallmark ident- identity marker for this offense the last year and a half. The last two weeks... That is not you, really you have been not the really case. seen it no no yeah, and, so, and Jalen executing at such a high level not leaning into the RPOs not leaning right. into the screen game but just pure drop back pass this is as good as he has ever looked in his career uh, what we've seen these last two games no without question I mean he's throwing the ball exceptionally well um, you know if I could there was one play that really stood out to me and it wasn't the long touchdown to Smith which was obviously a great throw and it wasn't the touchdown to Brown which. Again, you can say good throw, but Brown was wide open because the route got him wide open. But I thought there was a third and nine play, and I'm trying to remember exactly. It was the second possession. Second possession, yep. Okay, and they were deep in their own territory here. 
And Both drives they started inside their own 20 yard line. To right, start the right. Because the second possession, I believe, was was 12 plays, 91 yards. Yeah, was it not? I think so. Yep. Yeah. And to me, this said so much about Jalen Hurts' development as a quarterback, because ultimately to play the position from the pocket, which is you rightly said, they're asking him more to do. Mm. You always have the run element with him. You always can come back to the zone read and the RPOs. That's always going to be there. But his advancement as a pocket quarterback, which tends to show up obviously on third down because all those other backfield actions really don't matter on third down, especially when it's, you know, a longer third down. This happened to be third and four though. And the reason I mentioned this play is the Giants blitzed. And it was a really effective blitz because they kind of brought... Um, I think it was Jefferson. He came from one side of the alignment into the opposite A-gap. So that's very hard to pick up because he's coming from one side to the other. And he got in clean through the A-gap. And they had an out route to to Watkins. And so what has to happen is Jalen knows. He can can see this. It's coming right at him. Even though he's not staring at it, he certainly can see and he can absolutely feel it. So he's got to release the ball, Fran, about a half a beat sooner than he really wanted to. Mm. So now if you throw an out route with the normal velocity, if you're yep. releasing it half a beat earlier, it gets there too soon. Right. Yep. And it's incomplete. So what do you have to do there? You've got to take just a little bit off of it to make sure that it, the throw still times up with the route. And that play to me said so much about Jalen Hurts' development as a quarterback. And that's the thing is that, you know, because that play was a really good encapsulation as well. Really the Devontae Smith touchdown as well. Yeah. Where, you know, we talked about this with Ben last week. One of my favorite stats, just kind of going through getting ready for the matchup was, all right, well, what, what do the Eagles have, what have the Eagles done against the Blitz over the course of the season? They were, they were Blitz at a very high rate, fourth most in the NFL going into the game, fourth most coming out of the game still. <coughs> and what have they done against the Blitz? Well, their weapon or their go-to answer against the Blitz over the course of the entire season has been the wide receiver screen game. That, right. when, when they felt like they were going to get pressure, their answer typically had been wide receiver screen and tight end screens to Dallas. Which Tower. a lot of teams do. No, no right. question. And what we saw before the bye was that team started to kind of tee off on that, right? Arizona, The Arizona game kind of stands out where that right. defense was teeing off on those wide receiver screens. So the Eagles go to the bye week, they come back, and I feel like we've seen a little bit of an identity shift here with this pass game in those kind of situations where now – if you are going to blitz this this quarterback, you better be able to cover on the back end because they are being much more aggressive with those downfield shots, those uh, rhythm throws, which we saw on the, the, the Devontae Smith 41-yard touchdown on the slot fade, is that... Yeah, it was a five-man pressure. Five-man pressure, and there was, a, there was a runner coming through. Even the defensive tackle won one-on-one as well. So uh, you had a couple guys bearing down on Jalen, but it's a rhythm throw. The ball's going to come out fast, and he's able to beat it because he understands, you know what, I've got A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Those guys are pretty good, and if they're one-on-one, yeah, and, they're, they're open. And that's a great point. And another point to make about the evolution throughout this season of the Eagles' pass game is we didn't see this that much early in the season. What are we seeing far more now? Throwing to the one-on-ones. Yep. Jalen Hurts clearly feeling comfortable throwing to both Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown, one-on-ones outside the numbers. Even the slot fade to Smith this week for the touchdown, he technically catches it outside the numbers. But throwing outside the numbers to the one-on-ones. And Jalen has been very accurate with those throws, really precise ball placement. You can go back to the last week against Tennessee to the Brown touchdown when Avery was essentially Velcro to Brown with what you'd call really good coverage. And just the ball placement was unbelievable. He literally handed it to him right there. Yep. And 
you know, I think that that has been a, a really strong advancement in Jalen Hurts' game as the season has progressed, his ability to throw the deep ball with precise ball location. Yeah, the, the first third down of the game, uh, to Devontae Smith, his third and six, he hits Devontae on, the, out route, out route? on the little out yeah. route for seven yards, perfectly placed outside yep. where the defender couldn't reach the ball. Uh, we saw Even the one where Smith was out of bounds, yeah. where his foot just, you know, just, he just yeah. missed it. Yep. That was a really precise ball location the throw. the ball to Miles on the scramble drill yeah. uh, as well over yeah. the shoulder down the, down the field. And again, um, no, he, you're right, right, which he was out of bounds as well. Yeah. But that was a great throw. Great ball. Yeah. Um, there was the uh, the slant that he threw to A.J. Brown in the red zone. That was a second window throw. Uh, there was the, the, the on that 41-yard touchdown to Devontae. That's a, a pre-snap adjustment right, where right. he changed the play. Right. So, you're, you're, again, all that, that continued growth while still – being an expert, he ran for seventy yards uh, and, on Sunday's game, and no one's talking about and that. And see, that's the other thing is just the run game element by design. And of course, you do have the scrambles, which he really didn't do in this game because it wasn't yeah, necessary. No. Oh. But just the run game element, which they showed on the first series, and I thought that was really interesting that they showed it on the first series because now the defense sees it and they know it exists and they know they have to be aware of it. And they came back to, um, I mean, obviously, was it the. The 24-yarder, was that the first possession of the third quarter? I'm trying to remember the 24-yarder. The 24-yard... Uh, the um... uh, it was not a scramble. It was a design run. Oh, so yes. that was. I believe that was third um, quarter. Fourth yes. play of the first third quarter possession. Yep. It came out of 12, one by three nub with the boundary closed. Yep. Um, I, you know, I thought, I don't know what you thought on that. I thought the play call was a Hertz run. I, you know, I didn't think... That's how I thought yeah, as well, yeah. 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 Because Calcaterra and, and Stoll were the blockers out in they front. They did an outstanding job. That, and they, that, they actually came back to the exact same play on the second third quarter possession, and he ran for 11 yards. Right. And uh, you factor in, you talked about the run on the opening drive. Uh, that was a, a QB counter read out yep. of a pony set, split back. Yep, yep, We yep. haven't seen, like, so you have all these little, like, wrinkles. Right, and like, right. And they, were, they ran the hell out of the counter read in, the, in this game, more so with Miles Sanders. But- well, Miles Sanders, I mean, almost every run, almost, I think he had 10 runs out of 12 personnel. Yeah. Nine of them were gap scheme runs. Yep. It was, yes. a, it was a lot of the, the, that yep. counterplay um, where you had uh, a kickout block from the backside guard. You had the uh, the tight end, typically the wing on the backside right. coming up as a lead blocker. They obviously uh, saw something in the defense where they felt, because as you and I both know, they can often be more diverse with their run game, but clearly at a 12 personnel, Fran, they saw something that said, we're going to run those gap scheme runs and we're going to be successful, and they were. Yeah, they were. Because they were I mean, he had 10 runs. Out of 12 for 104 yards, which, of course, included the long touchdown. Sure, yeah. But still, 10 for 104, you'll take – I think you'll take that. I think I'll take that. Yeah. Eight and a half yards a carry, a career day, four miles, Sanders, yep. two touchdowns uh, on the ground. Just say um, – and to me, like, too, we talk about miles – Decisive once again. All the things we've been saying yep. about him over the last you know, month and change uh, held true in this game. Also, two awesome blocks from Miles Sanders in this oh, game. Where Aziz Ojolari, both times. And Ojolari had a good game. I thought Ojolari was one of their few standout players on that side of the ball. There was one pass protection play where Lane Johnson opened up to the linebacker, Jalen Smith, who was down on the line of scrimmage, and that cut the DN loose. And I don't know, it was a little bit of a miscommunication there between Miles and Lane, it seemed like. But Miles had to adjust and picked up Ojolari and stoned him. It was outstanding. And then on the Jalen Hurts run. On the Jalen Hurts run, yes. QB power power read lead. Or yes, power power yes. lead, I should say. Uh, Miles Sanders is the lead blocker in the hole and goes after Ojalari. He did, he did. Him. Oh, no, that was that was really impressive. And I'll tell you another thing that I think the season has shown as we've progressed talking about running backs. I think Gainwell has improved dramatically in pass protection. Yeah. 
You know, he's shown the ability to stay. He had one in this yeah, game you want where, high through the thigh where he steps the in and he, and, he, and he does it with commitment. Yep, no question. Um, real quick on that uh, that block by Miles Sanders on the uh, on the Jalen Hurts run. Go on to uh, PhiladelphiaEagles.com. You go on the uh, Eagles Twitter account, social media accounts. There's a, a clip from Miles Sanders who was mic'd up uh, for this game, Greg. And he says uh, that uh, going in, he said, I'm going to lay this block and I'm going to make a Brian Boucher uh, water boy noise as he did it. And he actually did it in the game. And it's a hilarious, like one of my favorite micing clips I've ever wow. seen. Uh, so make sure you go check that out uh, for all of our listeners. Go check that out. Um, Talked about Devontae Smith. We talked about A.J. Brown. Right. Uh, we talked about the tight end usage, offensive line play. I thought Lane Johnson was excellent in this game. How many of the clean pockets did Jalen see in this? I mean, it was just the offensive line Look, was it takes nothing away from Jalen Hurts, but, yeah. I mean, it, you just don't see it like that in the NFL with yeah. the, the, the frequency you see with the Eagles where they just stone pass rushers. This is the first half, like, just, like, I mean, pristine pockets <clears throat> yeah. for the most part. I mean, it's – and you're seeing it every week. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that that's something that we have to acknowledge because – they're just really, really good. Yeah. And, and Jalen is comfortable in the pocket. Yeah, and that's the thing is that um, if you have an offensive line that can come out and protect that way in the first half and say, look, guys, uh, protect this way in the first half, we are going to reward you with running the football right, and right, letting right. you get after people in the right, second right, half. Right, 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 uh, right. That's, that's, that, again, just goes back to the complementary nature uh, of this football team. Um, I think those were the, some of my, my – I think those are all of my big takeaways uh, from the uh, from the offensive side of the football. I'm just kind of bre- breezing through my notes to see if there's anything else. Um but Jalen, uh, just outstanding performance here uh, in this football game. Let's go over to the defensive side because, honestly, I had just as much fun watching that side as well. Uh, another six-plus sack <coughs> performance. This is the first time since 1998, Greg, that an Eagles defense has posted at least six sacks in two straight weeks. So, uh, And there have been some great defenses, some pressure-filled defenses uh, during that time span. But when you look at uh, this defense, I think the formula we talked about last week against Tennessee showed up again. Hey, you know what? We're going to get you to third and medium, third and long. We're going to stop the run. We're, they, no, Saquon Barkley didn't hit 30 yards. Daniel Jones didn't hit 30 yards. Gary Brightwell didn't hit 30 yards. We're going to stop the run, and then we're going to get after your quarterback uh, on third down. You know, it's funny you say that. I spoke to a coach that's played the Eagles this year on Friday, last Friday, and he said everything with this defense starts up front. Hmm. He says that's where it all starts. He said they are really, really difficult to play against because of their front. And, you know, I, I was doing some research. Was he saying that from like a personnel standpoint or from a like a, like I think a way just, the guys are utilized? I, I think he was just talking about the quality Got of it. the people. Yeah, sure. You know, and and now you know the lead, Eagles now lead the NFL in sacks. Yep, with forty nine. Forty six have come from the D line. Okay, hmm. two by Edwards and one by Gardner Johnson, but forty six have come from the D line. That's pretty remarkable because obviously <laughs> Reddick and Sweat are D linemen. Right. I don't yeah. care yeah, yeah, how yeah. they how right. they are no called. Yes. They're, they're they're D linemen. Yes. yes, and you know you still hear a lot of people talking. I don't understand why they don't blitz more. Well, they don't blitz more because they don't need to blitz more. And by the way, they're like nineteenth in blitz. It's right, not but like the, we're but the point is yeah. is. Football is a numbers game, Fran. I learned this very early on from coaches. It's a numbers game. And if you can rush with, let's say it's a five-man front with five, but let's say it's in your 4-2 and you rush with four, you know, you have either six or seven in coverage versus five eligibles. And very often teams feel the need against the Eagles to chip or even to keep a backer or a tight end in as a primary blocker. So you win the numbers game. Or or I don't want to say you win because – you, you have an advantage in the numbers game. Yeah. And that's what you're looking for. You know, you don't just blitz because it sounds cool to say let's blitz. They are getting consistent pressure in third down situations, critical down and distance situations with their D-line. Mm. I mean, I, the player I really love to watch, and, and I firmly believe that 
if he was a wide nine on every snap, he'd be among the sack leaders in the league is Josh Sweat. Yeah, I think and he's Josh, still amongst the, the leaders uh, right, in, uh, in sacks right, right now. Yeah. But I think Josh Sweat, with his length, with his movement, he can bend. I mean, I, I love watching Josh Sweat. I've been so impressed with Hassan Reddick as well. Oh, uh, for, I absolutely. Mean, for, I, mean, we, we I wasn't saying it to the guys. exclusion, of course, right? Of course, right. Of course. Um, <laughs> that but, he's the uh, only guy who's, you know. Yeah, talk about a numbers game. Right. Uh, Hassan Reddick, the first player in NFL history. I saw that stat. I know ten, where you're going. Ten sacks in uh, three straight seasons for three different I know. teams. Uh, remarkable. It is. Um, but Reddick has been so impressive. He had, I think he had ten pressures uh, yeah. in this game. And it showed, when I was watching it live, um, I'll give a lot of credit to Chris McPherson because we were talking through uh, who's going to get the Toyota game ball, who's going to be a right, right. for that stuff for stuff for the website and he and I will usually talk through it during the game and he had said oh Hassan Reddick and I was like oh you know I, th- I think we got to go here we got to go there uh, I was talking about other players uh, along the defense and going back and watching the tape it felt like every single three play sequence oh there's number seven again no there's number seven again Reddick was a tear on side Evan Neal uh, got worked uh, got worked yeah, Evan and Neal actually had, Thomas did too yes he did uh, this I mean if you're a Giants well. fan if there's Giants fans listening to this they have to be really disappointed in the fourth pick in the draft, Thomas, in 2020, and Neil, the seventh pick in the draft this year. Because when you have bookend high picks like that, yeah. you're expecting them to be able to protect one-on-one because the interior of their O-line needs help. Yes. And Thomas and Neil got worked. Yeah, I mean, it happened in the first series of the game. Yeah. You could tell that he was so yep. worried, uh, Evan Neal, about the speed from Reddick that he got completely turned to the sideline. Oh. And once you, if you're an offensive tackle... Really, if you're any offensive lineman, you do not want to be parallel to the sideline. No, no, you do not. Ever, ever, ever. And it's exactly why what what we saw was that Reddick completely undercut him, uh, and he had no ability to to redirect and defend the inside. No, and then when Sweat had that sack where he just beat Thomas off the edge, I mean, yeah. Off play action. That was funny. Was That was was a play action sack. Yeah. And uh, you could, like, Josh Sweat was like, all right, we know that this is a top three play action team in football. It's first and 10. It was Uh, the third uh, play of the game. He flew off the ball. There was no even, like, thought about the run on that play. No. he just flew by uh, Thomas. That was a tough one. Um, but I, I thought from a defensive standpoint, to me, this was a game where they just played really well. Like, I know sometimes you ask me who stood out. Yeah. I, it wasn't like one guy stood out. It's I just thought like this was the same. Like, I just feel yeah. like I, we write the same, we talk right. about the same things right. every week where it's like, oh, like TJ Edwards was really, really good in this game. And he was. TJ well, Edwards was really I think good. They, a couple Epps, of, really, really good Ma- in this Marcus game. Marcus Epps is really good playing downhill. Yeah. He re- and we would not have said that two years ago. No, no. Years ago. Really good playing he downhill. so much better playing yeah. downhill um, traffic. You can tell me this because I know you you probably look at this in more detail than I do, but I, I, I wrote, I typed this. I said, my sense watching the tape is that the Eagles have featured more stunt concepts as the season has progressed. So this is two, so do, do two you, weeks. I, I think so. Okay. I, I, I haven't looked. They're, they're still, no matter how you slice it, they're like wh- wh- far and away the least uh, the least stunting team in the NFL. They, they stunt less than anybody. But I think they've done more of it recently. They have, but it's still it's still lower. It's a little bit higher than what they've done. Well, I guess I'm saying it because it, it, it stood out to me. Yeah. Well, you know yeah. what it stood out to me? I mean, I'm not charting the number, of course. but it stood out to me. Well, they, they've done, done a nice job of capitalizing right. on those plays. Right. I think the, the one thing that has stood out these last couple of weeks is that they have done a nice job when the opponent, and you mentioned the, going back to uh, being a, a numbers right. game, right. Uh, is that uh, when they've kept in running backs like Tennessee did last week with Hilliard, or when they've kept in tight ends like the Giants did this week right. with Bellinger to help with those defensive ends, the defensive ends are looping inside, running away from the chipper. So not only are you losing a a, block or a pass catching option, but that guy that you kept in the block is blocking nobody. He's looking at ghosts right, because right. the defensive end that you kept him in to help chip, he's looping inside and getting in for a sack. It happened with Sweat last week against Tennessee, and Reddick did a great job on it on the Fletcher Cox sack as well in this game. 
And I think in this game, and maybe you remember a different one, but I don't think the Eagles rushed a linebacker or a DB until White was part of a five-man pressure late in the third quarter. Maybe you remember one before then. I do. I, there was one, in the, I believe it was in the second quarter. Okay. Uh, Reed, Blank, Reed Blankenship blitzed uh, off the back, off the But I think that was right a side. run. Uh, well, Daniel Jones was was scrambling. Okay. Uh, it was a Daniel okay. Jones scramble. Okay. And what was great about that was Hassan Reddick, going back to Reddick, Reddick dropped and matched the running back in coverage and f- actually followed him up the field. Jones wanted to go to the back in the flat. Okay. And Reddick took it away and he ended up keeping but it But the point is, is you know, see, I don't, when they were in their five man front and they rushed five, right. I don't view that as a blitz. Yep, right. I don't know if you do. I don't. Yeah, it, it's. it's like, websites day, websites yes, exactly, do. Right. I don't view, if they're in a five down front. Yep. You know, and with the, Sweat and Reddick on the edges, I don't view that as a blitz. I could see I could see the argument in, uh, from from both ways right. from that standpoint. So, yeah. uh and honestly, it doesn't matter to me either way because I I'm going based off like what they feel like. Right, right, anyway, right. But, but um, I'm talking about a yes, second level or a yeah. third level player yep. adding into the pressure. Yeah. No, the the blanket chip one is the, is okay. the, one, the first then one I'm, I remember yeah. saying. Okay. Uh, but that ended up being a scramble uh, right. by James Jones. It was a 2-yard gain. Um yeah, it was just a really impressive. And the thing that stands out to me too, and we've talked about this with this team, uh, going back to what they did against opposing pass catchers, and now we've seen it just because of the teams that they face. Uh, we talked about Saquon Barkley under 30 yards, Derrick Henry at 30 right. yards. Whatever you do well as an offense, we are going to try and take that away from you, force you to play left-handed, and that's worked most of the time in this game. I know that it has not been a a perfect season defensively. Um, it's been a damn good one. It's been a really, it's, it's been a really good uh, defense. I mean, we've played so 13 games, so the numbers do mean something yes. now because there's a large enough sample. Yep. And this defense has put up some pretty good numbers. I mean, they are they're, uh, top 10 in points per game, uh, t- red zone touchdown percentage, EPA per play, yards per play, uh, you know, run defense, pass defense. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's just, yes. And, and they lead the league in sacks. And they lead the league in sacks. And they're also like, the, I think they're, yeah. number, they're number one in pressure percentage. Yeah, so um, I mean, I think we're doing okay here. Yeah, uh, there's a, lo- a yeah. lot of a lot yeah. of good to be taken yeah. away uh, from the way this group is playing. And really, at, at every spot too. I mean, the more more impressive play from James Bradbury and Darius Slay. Avante Maddox came back in the lineup, no, no issue. I am fascinated to see what they do with safety. Uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson on injured reserve. He's out Blankenship for won't play weeks. this week. Doesn't seem like Blankenship will play. They're, thankfully, the reports are saying it's not as serious right. as we would have thought uh, on Sunday afternoon. But uh, what is the answer there? Is it going to be Kayvon Wallace? Uh, do they move Josiah Scott around? Right. Is, is there another answer there? I, I thought, I mean, they played only, I think, three snaps of diamond, and it was interesting that before Blankenship got hurt, Scott was the dime Scott player. Scott was the dime not player. Not Wallace. And, and, and both times were on third down, and they did that inverted did cover three. three. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The first one was awesome. Yeah, it I know. Was a really, really good I one. I know. Uh, the, the Giants We used to see that with, with Jim Schwartz all the time, remember? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. The, the Giants expected it the second time. Yeah. That's when they took that deep shot yeah. at the post over the top. Correct. Uh, but it was, taken, it was taken away anyway. Right. Um, but, yeah. No, I, I, that was interesting to me that Josiah was the, the dime As a po- Right, right. Uh, yeah, so and he was the post safety when they, when when they, they did that. He was the one who... Who uh, retreated back as yep. the post safety? Yeah, so it'll be. I'll be fascinated to kind of see yeah. that a, yeah. as the week develops and see what the, they ultimately decide to do there. If it's going to be Kayvon Wallace, if it'll be Scott, or uh, yep. insert name here, um, just something to watch. Marquise Blair is a safety that's on the uh, on the practice squad currently. Interesting, because uh, I liked him coming out. Yeah, coming out of Utah, Dude, I liked him. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to say the player. Uh, for, there was a an Eagles player that he reminded me of, and I wrote his name down as I was watching him, but I, I wouldn't dare speak it uh, because fans will be like, "Why isn't this guy playing?" Um, oh my! Not, so it's it obviously. Not, it was not Brian Dawkins, it was it was, not Brian, but it was yeah. a good player. Obviously, it was a good, was a good player. Yeah. a long time ago. We're yeah. going. We're going, uh, we're going yeah. back a ways here. A couple decades ago. Um, 
But yeah, this, this defense uh, playing at a very, very high level. I'm looking through my notes to see if there's anything else I want to make sure we hit on here. But uh, I think we've kind of hit on, on everybody. TJ Edwards, another strong game from him. Uh, Jordan Davis didn't really play much at nose tackle. He's playing. No, he uh, only on played right one side. snap. He, he Actually, the, the Eagles, I actually did all this work, so I'll, I'll tell you what I did here. So the Eagles had 32 snaps in, in their four-man front. Okay. And they, only, they had 19 snaps in their five-man front. Now, Davis did not play many snaps. And when he did play, actually, he did not play nose tackle. Nope, he was playing he as a He played kind of like two-eye, three-three yeah. technique. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. he didn't play many snaps. No, I, I think I don't think he's quite ready yet. Still working him in. I don't think he's quite ready yet. Because Gannon spoke about that last week. Yeah. That he's not quite, you know, that they could see he's not quite ready. Yeah, we just work him in. Uh, yeah. Obviously, he's healthy enough to play, but right. until you need to play him uh, the and full And Joseph's been doing fine. That's the thing, is Lynn Ball's <laughs> yeah, playing well, so yeah, yeah. Don't, don't force it. Um, yeah, no, and that's the depth of this D-line. And that's is, the thing, is like, when you have... That's why uh, the coach, I think, told me that it all starts there. Yeah, I mean, they have a lot of guys that can play well. Brandon Graham comes off the bench and uh, yeah, yeah. he has three sacks. He pitches a hat trick. Uh, and if you're an offensive tackle, you're, you're like, you got to be kidding me. Now right, right. Brandon Graham, uh, right, you're right. off fresh. Um, yeah, that's that's tough sledding no. uh, for an offensive line. It's a tough group. So let's go through this game, this week's game. Uh, obviously, Chicago Bears, uh, not going to be like the sexiest opponent from a, a matchup standpoint. They do have one of the most exciting players in the NFL, especially over the last couple of months, in Justin Fields. Without question. Uh, Second-year quarterback coming out of Ohio State. Uh, I mean, Greg, he does things that it's rare to see uh, at that position. The most explosive quarterback in the league right now as far as running the football. Yep. And it can happen on any given play. It can happen by design. It can happen on a second reaction, drop-back pass where he leaves the pocket. And And – we're not just talking about a guy that on third and nine runs for 11 yards, Fran. We're talking about a guy that can run for 50-yard touchdowns. And as with most quarterbacks like that, you can watch him on tape. You can try to simulate him in practice. But then when you see him on the field, he's going to be faster than you think. Yeah. And because of that element to his game, you have to be careful. And I will say this. I've watched him almost every week this year. Yep. Uh, and he's incrementally improving as a passer. There are examples each and every week. I thought this week in particular, well, it wasn't this week. It was two weeks ago against Green Bay. They had a bye. But I thought two weeks ago against Green Bay, I felt like watching him, I could see a little more patience in the pocket. I'm sure you watched that tape. A little more patience in the pocket. Wasn't as quick to break down. Made some throws because of that. Um, But... Again, there will be times where he just breaks down and goes, and you're going to have to be aware of that. I'm going to be very curious to see what Jonathan Gannon does in, you know, in, in passing situations. Obviously, if it's first and 10, you're going to play your defense yeah. and be aware of certain things. But you know, if it's third and seven, I'm really curious to see how the Eagles deal with that. Well, I mean, we talked about it last week. Trying to that, that was a big staple, our big uh, topic going into last Sunday's game against the Giants was, hey, you got to keep Daniel Jones contained. Right, but he's nowhere this near as different. Ex- different, different <laughs> kind we're of, talking uh, about a different cat here. Yes, yeah. much different. The, the, the plays that he has made. There was the one um, where he like threw the pump. He was rolling to his left, stepping up, and he threw the pump fake, and literally like mid air on pump fake landed and just was shot right. out of a cannon, took off down the left side. I mean, is this a game? Where you see more four two because you want second level defenders yeah. who have more who are better athletes as opposed to the five one nickel front. Yep. You know, is that a? I don't know. I'm or just. Or do a, you want the five one nickel front because that's in theory has a bigger edge rushers a little bit wider outside the formation to kind of constrict the pocket. Although if he does well. get past that, there's few there's fewer guys. Less big body. Yeah. Right. Right. No question. So um, again, you and I aren't paid to make that decision, no. but uh, I'm really curious to see what the Eagles do because this guy. 
when he takes off with the ball in his hands, he is special. Well, and that's why I was interested to hear you say that you felt that the improvements he made, he has shown as a passer. I, I, and, uh, and again, it's incremental. Of course. So it won't happen on every... There'll be plays where he might just break down. And there's going to be games where he does not look good. No. Improvement is not linear at that position. You're not going to just get better week after week. After no, week. no, not, no. And he's really playing good. a really good defense. Right. So it's very possible he could... I guess this game's in Chicago, right? Yes. It's very possible he could have a bad game. Right. That's possible. Yeah. Uh, but... Even with a bad game, he could still make a few truly special plays. Yeah. Uh, to me, the more we've seen a lot of a lot of young quarterbacks come into the NFL uh, and have this level of success, we saw it. Um, you know the, the improvements that Josh Allen has made, certainly here in Philadelphia with what Jalen Hurts has done uh, over the last year, calendar year. I think when you look at that position, young players coming in. Um, I know we just talked about this on the Journey of the Draft podcast, and I, I really believe it is that confidence, the human element aspect of it at that position is so important. Just just let these guys do what they do really, really well. Whatever that is, whether right. that's a, well, hey, you know what, these are concepts that I'm really good at, or if, you, if, if you're going to lean into their athleticism as a, as, a, uh, as a runner, let them do it. Obviously, you want to be able to work it. You want them to get better. That's not right. a sustainable long-term no, but, but strategy. Here's the other thing. It's easy to say right now that Jalen Hurts is playing great football. Yeah. But everybody would have said, everybody, 100%, yeah. that Justin Fields was a far better prospect coming, coming out. out of college sure. than, Jalen, than Jalen Hurts. No doubt. So what if you dropped Jalen Hurts into this Eagles offense with Brown, Smith, Goddard when healthy? You, you know, dropped Justin Fields into Justin this Fields. Yeah, yeah, sure. Did I say Jalen Hurts? You did. Yes. Okay, well, and Jalen Hurts, by the way, is in this we'll offense. Move, yeah, so, yes, right, yes. We got you. Right, right. You know, I, again, we don't know how that would be, but maybe he'd be doing the kinds of things Jalen Hurts is doing. Yeah. And we don't know the answer to that because the Bears, as you know, you study them. Their O-line's not very good. Yep. Okay. They don't really have receivers. Their run game has been very erratic. Um, you know, so who knows? I mean, maybe maybe we see Fields continue to get better and better. Maybe they add talent in the offseason. And maybe next year we're talking about Justin Fields the way we're talking about Jalen Hurts now. We don't know that. No question. I, I, it's certainly within the range of outcomes for that, that, that right. to, to happen. I just think that at the end of the day, it's just, it benefits everybody to see a young guy go out and say, you know what? No matter how this is happening, maybe this is not going to be our strategy to win in 2024, but uh, to hey, we're going to lean into RPOs, read option, and we're going to just let – Justin Fields go play. Guess who else sees that? Like all of his teammates are now lifted by the way right. that he's able to go out and play, and that confidence breeds more confidence. And Correct. Now you're playing looser. You're playing a little <coughs> bit more. Uh, you got a little and bit it, more juice in what you're doing. It, it, like I, I really feel like this is a, a something that we've seen as a recurring theme with some of these young. And it also gets into a fascinating discussion about the nature of the quarterback position going forward. Look. No one's going to say that throwing the ball from the pocket or being able to throw in the drop-back passing game is not important at all. Yeah. No one's going to say that. But what's the balance between a quarterback that has the ability to do what Justin Fields has to do and maybe not being exactly what you want as a drop-back quarterback? Right. I mean, does he have to be Tom Brady? You know, Or, or can we say, and, and again, I don't know the answer to this. I just think it's a fascinating question. And one you and I will discuss yep. a lot as we start evaluating college yeah. quarterbacks as well uh, is, and one in particular, we're going to have this conversation about Anthony Richardson for sure. Yeah. Okay. You know, what is the balance there? Like you said, I've spoken to coaches in the offseason over the last couple of years who talk about taking a college quarterback, the same thing you just said, and making him comfortable, allowing him to do what he's most comfortable with as you're teaching him 
the more nuanced details of the position. Rather than trying to go square peg round hole, hole. and bang your head against right. the wall for two years, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, this guy, this guy, can't, does, this guy doesn't do it. He can't right, do it. Right. Okay, we got we to move on. Right. We're, we're seeing that with, you know, and this is not saying that this guy doesn't deserve it, but with the way that Zach Wilson has been playing with the New York Jets, and, you know, you look at other young quarterbacks that aren't succeeding, it doesn't take long for that hook to come out. And no. say like, oh, yeah, like this guy doesn't have it. We have no. to move on. Right. So to put the guy in position to then succeed. And now, all right, let, let's see what he's got. We can give him some time, a little bit more rope to be able to uh, to go out and succeed. I just think that, that uh, the, what we're seeing now with a lot of these guys, it's just so, so important uh, to, to give them that space to be able to do it. Um, and I think we're seeing that uh, with Justin yep. Fields. And we'll see, uh, to your point, uh, the, the, the weapons around him, not ideal. No. Uh, the offensive line around him, not, not ideal. ideal. Uh, the, the run game has been pretty good. You know, David Montgomery and Cleo right. Herbert have been able to run the ball well. Um, you know, so that's the, that's one thing they've been able to, have to hang their hat on. But uh, just as they continue to add pieces, it feels good for them to say going into the offseason, okay, like we, we feel pretty good now. We're not going to have a conversation of should we be taking Bryce Young or should we be taking C.J. No, they're not, they're not that, That's not the conversation Justin Field's going to be their quarterback. Yeah, he's yeah. their quarterback. And by the way, I think the way he's played this year, he absolutely deserves to be their no quarterback. No question. No yeah, question. Yeah. Um, but, but I think the the other, and it's funny because this is this is very topical right now, is what, when we see other offenses where like, okay, we're going to, we ask our, our guy to essentially be a robot. We're going to, we're going to have, be, right. the, be the joystick for Kyle Shanahan. Uh, and, right. You know, Brock Purdy. Hey, you can't make those outstanding otherworldly plays. Although but, Purdy made a few of those. Well, yeah, yeah. But, you know, is that going to be a, a sustainable model against uh, other defenses in the NFL? We'll see. But, you know, you know, you kind of get what I'm saying is that, uh, in that offense and, and others like it, you can say, okay, well, we don't need you to go and make those crazy plays. We're going to ask you to just execute the scheme. Right then you're, well, you're, you're constantly have to go back and forth because the San Francisco just traded three first-round picks to go get Trey Lance. Thinking, right. We're going to get that guy, uh, and obviously that has not come to fruition yet. Right. No, it's, it's, it's a fascinating conversation, and you know, when you and I, as I said, we'll have more yes. and more. But, uh, but the, the bottom line point is, is Trey Lance, excuse me, Justin Fields is a dangerous weapon, yep. and he's one that I think that Jonathan Gannon and his defense may have to do a couple of specific things for in given situations, because mm-hmm. the last thing you want to have happen is Fields run 50 yards for a touchdown. That's it. Um, dead last right now, uh, the Chicago Bears in sack percentage, yep. pressure percentage, QB hurry percentage. Uh, the offensive line is really struggling. And part of that is on Fields as well. I want to make sure we, we lay that out. Part of that is on Fields um, with, with uh, no some question. of the ways that he played early on in the season especially. Um, but uh, heavy dose of the screen game. They're number one in screens. Uh, a lot of shot plays downfield. They, they love to be able to push it. They're going to use... Right. Uh, J- uh, He's got a big Justin arm. Fields arm. He's got a huge really arm. Really big arm. Um, so they're going to attack downfield. Uh, it's basically... it's. Screen game and RPO and downfield right. shots. Uh, it's you're, you're you're getting that with the, with the run game mixed in. Komet, um, Komet's become a factor in their pass game. He's made some nice grabs. Uh, yeah, he, he, over he's he's a good player. Weeks. He's he's one of those guys that I think as Fields grows, Komet will become a big big factor. Uh, Darnell Mooney was their leading receiver. He's, he's out. out. Uh, unfortunately for them, we mentioned Cleo Herbert has been injured in, on injured reserve. We've Got to check in on his status as the week progresses. I think he's eligible to come back this week. I don't know if he is going back, but uh, Lucas Patrick, who was their starting center coming in, he. Is out uh, on injury reserve, so um, they, they certainly have some injuries. They've lost players, uh, more so on defense uh, due to trades uh, here this season. But um, let's go quickly over to that defense. Uh, look, this is a, a kind of a mash unit right now. Uh, they traded Robert Quinn. They traded Roquan Smith. Uh, Eddie Jackson's on injury reserve. He's not going to be able to go for this game. Some of their other young players have been banged up and in and out of the lineup. But um, they're playing a lot of rookies uh, on defense. Uh, Jack Sanborn, rookie undrafted free agent out of Wisconsin. He's playing a lot of snaps for He them. was one of my guys watching tape. Yeah. I, I thought, you know, it's funny. 
Ben, and you were part of this conversation as well, we spoke a lot about linebackers that are great athletic talents yep. in college football. You'd put on the tape, they run sideline to sideline. You know, many of those guys, you know, were high school running backs, yep. you know. And Sanborn does not fit that that nope. at all. Nope. But at all. Yeah. No, no. I'm at all. That's but, it. But yeah. I watched his tape, right. and I'm telling you, because you know they had the two linebackers last year, Leo Chanel and Sanborn. Chanel yeah. got drafted maybe third, fourth round, Kansas and City, yeah. and he plays in Kansas City's base defense. And I just kept watching Sanborn and saying to myself, you know what? This guy knows how to play linebacker. Yeah. He's not a great athlete. He's not going to wow you, but he knows how to navigate traffic in the box. He makes tackles. He's there. He's where he's supposed to be. And you know what? They traded Roquan Smith. He became the starter. He gets just as many tackles as Roquan Smith. Right. Yeah. He's a, he's a good football player. Yeah. Uh, he plays a lot of snaps for them. Um, they've got a couple of rookies in the secondary starting, Kyler Gordon and uh, Jaqu- Jaquan Brisker. Well, these guys have been out. Penn State. They've been out. I think, I think. Are they going to be back this I'm week? I'm pretty sure those guys are going to be back. Because I know last week. week they had, uh, well, Johnson's their left corner. He's, yep. you know, he's a solid player. They were playing Jones at right corner. Yep. They played Blackwell in the slot. It was and, a former Eagle. He was here this summer. And Houston Carson and Hicks were the safeties. Yes. So, I mean, they were playing with guys that I'm sure not a lot of people are aware of. No. Uh, well, I, from what I've seen, again, it's, we're recording this on Monday night. The the Bears coming off a bye uh, didn't have immediate availability, uh, so we'll see exactly right. what that looks like as the week progresses. I think but the, the show we have later in the week will shed some more light. But the on bottom that. line point is they're a four man D line defense in both base and nickel. They don't play five man fronts. Nope. They're mm-hmm. four man. They're a sub nickel defense. They do not play dime. Maybe yep. they've played ten or fifteen yeah, snaps of dime all year. Something like that. Yeah. Um, and really struggle. I mean, we talked about the pressure numbers and the sack numbers. Offensively, dead last in the league. Uh, they they're are, not very good defending the run. You know, they are, well, they're dead last in like pressure percentage, sack yeah. percentage, QB hit percentage. Uh, they're not getting after the quarterback really well right now uh, against the run. Yeah, they're giving up uh, chunks of yardage on the, on the ground as well. Um, they're probably a little bit better metrically against the, the, the run than in the past, but still bottom half of the league. So, uh, look, this is a defense in transition, right? A, a lot of young players Well, playing, especially like, since the young players have lost time. Yeah. I mean, if Brisk and Gordon hadn't lost time. I'm not yep. saying it all of a sudden be top five, yep. but they're, I, I think you and I both felt those guys were really good prospects, right? I know I thought Brisker and Gordon. I was very high on Brisker. And I thought Gordon was yeah. a good prospect yep. too. You know, those those University of Washington DBs tend to be pretty good prospects. Right. But I was very high on Brisker and he had played well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Brisker, Brisker yeah. has showed up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he's definitely got talent. I, yep. I think he's going to be a starter for them long term. He and Eddie Jackson. Yeah. Uh, a nice pairing here. <coughs> yeah. Um, but we got to get those guys healthy. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. But a good matchup on paper here for this Eagles offense. That said, got to go out and uh, and execute here against this team. I thought Ike Reese did a great job pointing out uh, the focus that this team showed on both sides of the football going into New York and beating up on that team. Uh, you need a, a, a particularly coming off a beating of of the Titans. Yes. You know, and and you like to see that and. I think that speaks to the coaching staff as well. Yep. Uh, and that's uh, when you have the, uh, the leaders of the team, the, the Jalen Hurtses, the Devontae Smiths, and certainly guys on defense, the veterans that have been here, right. Brandon Grams, uh, that can kind of set that tone. That, that certainly helps right. in terms of uh, repeating the coach's message. And really, that's the way those guys live anyway. Jalen Hurts uh, kind of epitomizes that one yeah. week at a time mentality. He's a pretty serious young man, Jalen Hurts. You, uh, you saw the clip of, uh, of him on the bench? There was a, a no, I didn't. that was going around after uh, during yesterday's game, and then afterwards, um, it was you know, late in the game. Eagles are up uh, up big, and you can see like you know guys guys are having fun on the bench. Guys are having a good time, and you know talking about the, what they've done on the field. And Jalen is sitting there. You could he looks like they're losing by three touchdowns. Really, I just, didn't see that. Just dead serious, sitting yeah. on the bench, and uh, all the guys around him having a good time. And you just kind of get a, a little peek into the mindset of yeah. He's uh, a pretty Jalen serious Hurts. young man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's awesome. It's really yeah. it's really fun to watch. Uh, just watch this kid work and uh, improve. 
proof uh, on a yearly basis. So, uh, Greg, we'll keep talking through this team. A lot to break down. We'll talk through Eagles-Bears next week right here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Uh, make sure you tune in. Make sure you subscribe uh, wherever podcasts be found. And, again, if you've got a question about this team, head on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave it there in the comment section, and we will get to it here in an upcoming show. Uh, that said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here for the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you later this week.